Welcome to this episode of the Just Get It Right podcast with Bubba and Terry. Our goal of this podcast is to encourage free thought and debate where discussions of current events can lead to a better understanding of today's current trends and topics. So, Terry, in this show, we are going to start off with the study that came out of Johns Hopkins. Um, what do you got for us? Yeah, so uh, this, this week, a um, couple, couple, it was a professor and a, a few other scientists put out a study that basically did a review of uh, the COVID lockdowns and the effect of the lockdowns from a positive standpoint, from how it helped the initial intent of, of stopping the spread, slowing the spread, um, and then obviously trying to prevent death. Um, so what the study is really trying to look at is, is the benefits versus the cost. And, and the, the main points that came out of it through the study was, was the conclusion that the lockdown, lockdowns had little to no effect on COVID mortality. Um, that the, the strict lockdowns within Europe and the United States only reduced COVID mortality by 0 0.0 or uh, 0.2%. Um, and, and then the study goes on to, to say, here were all these other things that came, came about that, that were the negative consequences. Uh, U.S. national debt exceeding $30 trillion for the first time. Um, and the total public debt outstanding so individuals' debts um, got to a seven trillion increase from prior to COVID beginning, um, and all those things are, are obvious. What happened with that? There was major, major economic impact from COVID and shutting down the economy, shutting down businesses, shutting down people's ability to to basically do any kind of commerce for periods of time, and had a major effect. And I think that part's it's important, but I think the last point that, that gets brought up is the most important to me, and I know to a lot of others, is the impact on the kids. And you shut down schools, um, the ability for kids to continue to learn and to be able to develop. Um, even there's more studies coming out now about learning development, speech development, that's all been hindered by this. And I think those are all the things that as you, you break this down and as we get more information over time, we're going to see the negative effects of all of these decisions, and this study kind of points out there wasn't much benefit. There wasn't much that we gained out of this. The virus was pretty much going to do what the virus was going to do. We've done very little to actually stop it. The fact that we're two years plus into this and we're still having the numbers we're having, death rates are still at higher levels than they were uh, a year ago, it just shows that I think there's a lot of a lot of questions that need answered, and over the course of time, we're going to keep peeling this away and really see the impact of, of a lot of the things that were negatively affected affected by by how we we handled this. this so, um, do you have any idea why are they releasing this study right now? Because I feel like this is just making them look bad, seeing how they were the initial, you know. Um, group that encouraged the lockdowns. They are who the federal government looked to. Yeah, and I, that's actually something that I started when I was going through this and writing the notes. Um, you almost have to be cynical these days whenever something comes out like this. Uh, kind of like you're cynical when you start to hear uh, some of the people on CNN, some of the doctors on CNN started saying that cloth masks are just basically worthless and didn't do anything. Um, which is CNN's words, not mine. So, don't censor me off of the internet here. It's just it kind of you have to step back a little bit and say, well, why all of a sudden, when a lot of people have been saying this all along, why now? Um, I, I my personal take, because because that's what started to stand out to me, is it actually if you look this up when I when I was actually doing some research on this topic and tried to look it up um, and did a Google search on it, the things that you start to see it's difficult to get to the actual study. What's obviously the first things that come up on Google when you look up this study? It's gonna be a bunch of articles from other people criticizing this study, which I think is pretty interesting. And one of, one of the reports that came up, or one of the articles that came up was actually another Johns Hopkins professor blasting its own college on the report. So it kind of shows that 
you get this back and forth between a, a particular expert or a particular journal or, or all these things can be fine as long as they're saying what the narrative and the popular opinion was. But the second that anybody says something outside of that narrative, then they're attacked and they're no longer supposed yeah. to be credible. Now, we've been following John Hopkins studies all along from the very get go. We were following Johns Hopkins projections on the growth and the spread and the death rates. And now all of a sudden you've got others coming from that same university, same professors that now are being attacked because they're coming out with a study that doesn't, that doesn't push the same narrative. But, but to your initial point, you've almost always got to say, well, what's next? Why, why now? Why are they going there? And I believe we're getting close, especially with some of these countries that are starting to drop their yeah. COVID restrictions altogether. Or like Iowa. Some of the states that are dropping their emergencies. We're starting to see, because people are going to start, you know, everybody was trying to be reasonable up front. Everybody said, well, we don't know, so I'll do my best. You know, I'll, I'll follow these rules. I'll wear the mask. I'll do these things. Until little by little, they started to just not make as much sense. And more and more people are finally getting to the point where they're saying, we, we can't just keep moving the yeah. goalposts. And, and a lot of people are saying they're done. So now I feel like we're in the spin towards how do we get out of this? How do we end it yeah. without saying we were wrong? It's like the people who are in authority, they're like, okay, our, our grip on the masses is kind of slipping. So let's not risk them just wandering away and being disobedient from us. Let's act like... It was our idea to tell them to stop. Well, and I'm a little more cynical because of what I really think this is going to start to do. Because there's no great way out quickly, or people are starting to see the flaws in all of this, my cynical side says this is we're not too far away from... Another variant? No. Blame, blame everybody's favorite person to blame. And they're going to say, well, who was the administration in there when we did the lockdowns? Yeah. And they're going to say, well, it was, it was mm. that administration. Why did they tell us to lock down? Why did, why did we do all these things? And it's not going to matter if it was an impossible situation for the Trump administration because they followed the same Dr. Fauci and all the other same experts that were saying these are the things we should do. Whether or not Trump was for lockdowns or not, we got on this this was how the ball started rolling, and then everybody just started doing it. Um, but it does seem to me like we're going to start going down this road. Where we're going to start trying to point the finger and say, well, this, this is the group that told us to do yeah. all these things. And that will be the easy way for them to say, it wasn't us. Um, we, we did these things, and it hurt our economy, and it was that guy that did it. I, I don't exactly remember. I'm not sure if you remember. Back March 2020, when the lockdowns were beginning, was there a, a first domino to fall, like, as far as world governments who started doing this, or did it all happen kind of in lockstep? I feel like it, it did just happen, like, when we announced that we were locking down, it's just everywhere. I think it all started happening around the same time. I think that we, we in the U.S. were one of the leaders in the, we're going to, slow the spread we're gonna you know two weeks two to weeks fly and and so i do think that we were Isn't kind that of on the front of that but obviously the world health organization i think there were there yeah. was kind of coordination between all of these countries because everybody started doing it at the same time you know italy was the first to really have the major outbreak that that was really the most deaths and the most shocking i do think that there was some some lockdown early there but it was all seemed to be happening at the same time when everybody started to realize okay this is this is more than just the flu, and I'm not going to rehash all this, who said what, and, and all that. But, you know, we started locking down borders, I think, in February. You know, January is what I think when... In January, right at the beginning of February is where we started saying, well, we're going to close the borders. Um, but that's about the time, and I think most of the most of the world was really starting to do that at all at the same time. Uh, but obviously, the World Health Organization was involved in a lot of that, Um but, you know, the other thing, same to, to the, the point of, you know, when, when things go wrong and as more information comes out, that's going to show, well, this actually was, there was a lot of things that might, we might not have done the right thing. It's, this will be the more controversial. So if we get pulled off because people don't like this, you know, 
the data is coming out now to say the vaccines are not doing everything the vaccines were sold. I think that's pretty standard. I think most people said initially, everybody was saying the vaccines were going to stop the spread. They were going to stop you from getting sick. We all know that not to be the case now. Now you're going even further with some of this Israel data and others that are showing not only is it not stopping you from getting sick, there might be some negative effects of the, of the vaccine. If we get and this through, is out of Israel, you're saying? Yeah. Um, and I don't have all of that numbers in front of me, so I don't want to say anything that's not correct there. But, um, you know, Israel's death rates are, are higher than they've ever been. And they were 95% vaccinated in this country. So you're saying their general death rate, like from the COVID death rate oh, okay. is going up currently going up. And, and there are parts of Israel that is that's had four shots now. So the whole point is we don't know what these vaccines are doing, but there is starting to become evidence that says maybe they're not only not helping, they could be hurting. Don't know. It's too early to tell. But if we get to a point a few months down the road or even into next year where we start to find negatives of these vaccines, who's on the hook for that too? No one. The same person that we won't give credit to getting the vaccines in the first place is going to be the person they'll blame when the vaccines don't work right. Yeah. So we don't give credit on warp speed very much to the person that got the vaccines out to everybody. But the second that there's not positive with them, you've got to be ready for the blame to come back that, that they're going to use more of a shield. And this is, I think, in my mind, this is not one side, because I think a lot of people made mistakes during this, but we clearly made mistakes in how we handled the 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 virus altogether. Yeah, and back to our conversation last week, I think one of the big mistakes is not placing much of an emphasis on treatment, you know, so. Yeah, I think the treatments, and, and that's becoming more important now where people are saying, especially when you get some of these states and others saying, it's going to be around. This is endemic now. It's, it's basically going to be the same. Not, it's not, I'm not saying that COVID is the flu, but COVID is going to be like the flu. Yeah. It's going to be around. It's going to keep circling around. We're going to have different strands of it. Um, so we'll probably keep having shots going around like the flu shots. That's going to be hopefully this catches the strand this year. And maybe you don't have it as bad if you get this shot. Um, but hopefully we get back to the reality that says, okay, it's one thing to, to try to protect yourself if you choose to protect yourself extra. Um, but hopefully we get away from this you must protect yourself. You yeah. don't have a choice. Yeah. If you want to be able to, to live in civilized society, you have to to do what everybody says. Okay. So to wrap this topic up, I have one kind of last question. So we're starting to see more governments and more states come out and say, hey, we're moving on. How? And we see the Johns Hopkins study that's saying that the lockdowns and those measures didn't produce the results we were hoping how much longer do you think we're seeing masks? How much longer do you think we're, you know, the vaccine controversy is going to be going on? If you had a rough estimate, how how much longer do you think it is? Six six months? A I, year? I think the the vaccine con- controversy is going to be around for a while. I think it's it's may not end. I think there's going to be some some states, some localities that are gonna are going to be all in on the vaccines. And like I said, that it could be an annual or or biannual you're getting a shot um that one i I really don't see an end to it the way that we've gone so hard on it Mm -hmm. and that we've really pushed that hard and that we're really showing now some of these countries are removing all vaccine passports and and all that together but i don't see that here i think people there's just enough desire for it in certain parts of the country and it's politically okay in those areas that there's enough people that agree with that and that's some of those areas that's probably going to be around forever do you think the masks fall off though i don't know i mean some of these areas i I can say what i would say to this is we're very different you know it is very different you go to florida it's very different than if you're in new york and so i think you know in general us i i don't live my life with covid rules anymore i i don't now, I haven't really cared that much all along. You know, I've over the last two years, I've pretty much lived my life the same way I normally would have, minus a couple other weird inconveniences. Yeah. Probably haven't traveled as much. There's been constraints, but they haven't been my constraints. They've been 
because others around me or companies that I wanted to go to or things like that um, had constraints. But as far as I, my day-to-day life, it's not as big of a deal. Now, we're in a different place than, than Chicago and some of these others. Um, you know, schools, for the most part, in Indiana have been open for the past couple of years. Uh, there have been restrictions in some, but, you know, I just feel like it's going to be state by state and locality by, by locality. You know, Indiana's emergency is still on until I think uh, I think it's March 4th is when the when we're extended to off of the last extension in February. That is crazy. It is. Two, two years, two full years. It is. I remember talking to someone when I, I was getting the call basically saying, you know, lockdowns are happening. You have to basically stop and go home. You know, I was talking to a friend and I said, you know, I think this lasts a month, two months maybe. And that's crazy to think it it's two years yeah. is the more realistic answer. Yeah. So, wow. Um, okay. So I guess we'll move on from that. This week we are starting the Winter Olympics. I've always loved the Winter Olympics, you know, so it's really disappointing to me that all the drama that we have to deal with and that's miracle on ice very very nice glass you got there terry so it's i'm torn i really i really want to watch the winter olympics but at the same time you know i feel like a moral responsibility or an ethical responsibility to not support it um how, how are you feeling about it um Kind of the same. I think from a from a high level, it's kind of the way I feel or have felt about most sports recently. I like sports. I like competition. I've, I've grown up with these things, but I think so much has been politicized that it it just makes it harder to, to pay attention to the sports and not see what else is going on. With the Olympics specifically, it's pretty simple for me. I, I think I understand the argument of our athletes have worked hard. A lot of these people dedicate their lives to being the best at what they do. But we shouldn't be there, in my opinion. We shouldn't be there. We're we're legitimizing a government that we know, and even most people on both sides realize there is a... There are a lot of things going on from a human rights standpoint in China that we can't continue to just gloss over and us going over there, sending our athletes in there, knowing what we know is going on in that country right now, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And to, to be honest, if, if we really believe all the things we believe about COVID and the risk of COVID, COVID is running rampant right now. So if this was, you know, two years ago, everybody would be shutting everything down. And now all of a sudden it's like we've got more cases, we've still got deaths rising, but now it's, we, well, we've got to make money. Well, think about it. You know, we just talked about two years ago when the pandemic was beginning. Could you imagine knowing that this pandemic's going to go for two years? But we're still going to be sending athletes to China where the virus came from. Yeah. You know, there's so many there's so many reasons, and I've listened to a lot of these arguments. Um, you know, I've, I've some of the radio shows and, and things that will discuss it. I think it's just pretty clear. Like, I understand because I've heard some parents of athletes call in and kind of give the this is why we think we should still go, and it's not fair to the athletes. It's like I get it, but this is such a bigger topic than just the games. It's, it's more than just competing. Well, and there's other ways to go about it. So I think it was 1980 uh, when was the USSR they were hosting yeah. in the United States. And oddly enough, China both held out. And I think they held their own games in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I haven't gone back and followed up on that very much. Um I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense to me. And and then just to kind of add salt to the wound, like to hear the comments that that Pelosi made, basically saying that our athletes 
really need to make sure that they don't speak out, that they don't say anything over there for the safe, for their safety and everything else. It's like, if we're out there saying that and we understand that to be true, it's, it's right there on its face, the exact reason why we shouldn't be there. Yeah. If we have to tell our athletes that they can't be free and be safe in this country that we're sending them to, is that a good country for us to be sending people to? Yeah. Well, especially to be an American, the First Amendment is like the first part of our identity. If you're telling Americans you need to forget that part of your identity in order to, you know, pursue your lifelong dream, you know, over at the Olympics, then... Well, something's missed. But you've got a lot of people, especially because we've got this globalist mentality now, the globalism side of things. Michael Bloomberg and several others have said, well, we have to do business there. No, so we don't. When we're in China, no, we, we don't. have to follow China's rules. But that's, that's, that's their mentality is that, well, we're a global company and we need to do business in China. So when we're in China, we need to follow China's rules. No different than if, if global companies are doing business in America, they got to follow America's rules and laws. That's the argument that they make. But when some of these rules and laws are just unjust laws, that's the point. Then we shouldn't be there. If, if some of these laws and rules are that far straying from our morals and our values, then we shouldn't be there. And... To go to the sports side of it, when when I was coaching, when you're not the top, you need to play the teams at the top so that you can build your credibility. Mm -hmm. We are the top. We don't need to go there yeah. to prove ourselves. If China wants to be the top, China should be the ones trying to get us to compete. That's why we are legitimizing them by continuing to send our athletes because the games would be less legitimate. If America's not there, yeah. the entire games are less legitimate, which is why there's so much pressure for us to make sure that our teams are there. And we are legitimizing everything that's going on right now. And I think what's going to be really interesting to see is when we're two or three weeks down the road and these things are over, or two or three weeks after, because they actually go on for a while, but two or three weeks after the games, what happens next? Do we see all hell break loose? Do we see stuff happen in Ukraine and, and, Taiwan. and China and Taiwan and all this stuff? So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But, but in my opinion, we, we shouldn't be there. And I won't, I won't be supporting watching it, and I'm not going to pay attention. I'll pay attention for the stuff that matters, but not for the games. Yeah. So one last question about this. This is a hypothetical. So say, say we have athletes who don't follow the Speaker of the House's suggestions and say something, Could do you think that the Chinese um, Communist Party would do something? Do, or do you think they would turn the cheek? Hard to tell. Depends on the scope of what somebody does. It'd be hard for China to do something that would be, that would draw a ton of attention from the world. Um, it'd have to be pretty justifiable. Like, it'd have to be pretty bad for China to be able to do something and people say, oh, well, it was deserved or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get out of it without controversy. Okay. I guess we'll uh, leave it at that. And, you know, we'll be back in a week to, I mean, the Olympics will still be going on, so yeah. we'll be able to check in on yeah, that sure at that time. Yeah, I'm sure some stories that are going to come out that yeah. be stuff that we'll, we'll probably follow up on. All right, so next thing we have on the list from this eventful week was Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Um, made some comments, got some people a little uh, riled up. What are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I want to say is, I loved Sister Act. <laughs> so, always got a spot for Whoopi. What year was that from? <laughs> I don't even remember. I can only put it in terms of how old do I remember myself being. So, I was probably, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade when, when the first Sister Act came out. So, that's... I'd probably put it around 96, 95? 90, yeah, 95, 96, okay. maybe a little before that. Is that where she... Was that well, her first she thing? Was doing all, I mean, she was a comedian first. 
But anyways, I've kind of dragged it away. But my whole, I like, obviously, I don't agree with a lot of things that Whoopi has to say. Not that Whoopi would care what I have to say about anything because... What, what did she say again? So Whoopi's general topic was basically claiming that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And she was trying to kind of draw the difference between the fact that that what the Nazis were doing was not was not racist because they were whites killing whites, basically. So she had a bunch of back and forth with it, and several of the hosts on The View were trying to kind of push back in real time. And, and ultimately, I don't really, I mean, her, they were ignorant statements. She was just wrong. I'm not Jewish, so I'm not all that offended. I could see why Jew, Jewish people were offended by the statements because it kind of minimized what was happening yeah. there. Uh, but I do think it was kind of, I think some of it was kind of out of, out of context for what she was trying to make in her point. It just was not a good point. It was not a good, good place to take the debate. Um, and I think that's where this kind of, where, where it gets interesting is kind of the, you know, she eventually gets, she, she goes on Colbert to try to, you know, clean it up a little, up a little bit, but she didn't really apologize. She kind of tried to clarify what she was saying, but didn't really say she was sorry about what she said. Well, that's like the first lesson of, you know, the cancel culture movement is never say you're sorry. And I think those people know it. You know, the people on mainstream media, they know if they get tied up in anything a little icky, don't apologize. I Yeah, some have gone one way, some have gone the other. I, th- I think ultimately what this has kind of come down to is that if you're on the side that that is with pop culture and with Hollywood, you typically get, you get more leniency on these types of things. And clearly, you know, a suspension versus, versus just your show's canceled or you're fired. Yeah. Uh, which if pretty much anybody on, on less, less uh, mainstream side of, of these topics would have said it would have been a pretty easy decision. They just would have, would have just cut, cut bait and ran so we'll see you know i i think ultimately where where i think people are kind of going and the reason we're talking about this is not really about what what would be said it's more about the general conversation of where we go which is should people people be allowed to say what they think and have an opinion i think yes it's it's an unpopular thing that she said it's wrong what she said she was like it's an uninformed view of what she's saying but should she lose her job because she had a take that was an unpopular or uninformed take? No. Just like Joe Rogan shouldn't be getting taken off of Spotify, really shouldn't even have to have disclaimers on his stuff just for having a conversation. The whole point is people need to talk about these things. People need to vet these things. Kind of taking it back to the, to the beginning topic. When you've got experts on one side saying these things, and now all of a sudden the same experts who are saying something that's not on the same narrative, now they're attacked for that same thing. You can't have it that way. Experts are going to have different takes. That's the point. That's why Malone and some of these others, they're experts in their own right. And experts can disagree on where we're going with some of this stuff. Experts can disagree on what's the best way to handle a pandemic. People can have conversations about difficult topics and that's a very difficult topic anytime you're getting into race or any of those types of things they're difficult topics but the answer shouldn't be you're just not allowed to talk about it and that's where we have to kind of come back and say i don't think Whoopi should lose her job yeah but i do see the argument that several people are saying on the the right side that have been canceled saying well i'm not for cancel culture but take your medicine since everybody else is then we shouldn't have sympathy for the people that get caught up in this themselves. Yeah. You you were calling for it, and now you're a victim of the same thing you were calling for, so why shouldn't you lose your job? I still don't go to that side. I know it's more, I think, your, your Matt Walsh's of the world and, and Shapiro's, I understand that it's more just making the point. I really don't think, honestly, they think she should really lose her job mm-hmm. for it. Even Shapiro, who is Jewish, 
and says this is clearly stupid and here's all the reasons why this is stupid doesn't really still favor people losing their jobs just for having a bad take. Yeah. People should be able to, to learn from what they said, be taught what they said. You know, I don't know how many, how many people ever watch this, but I'm sure we'll get at some point, somebody will listen and send something and say, well, you guys are stupid for this reason or that. And here's some information that you didn't know. And great. Perfect. You Let know, me that's, know. That's what this is about to try to get a better understanding. And if we're missing something, teach me. But it shouldn't mean you guys should just never be allowed to talk anymore. Yeah, and that's the same thing that I feel with Whoopi. It's like, learn from it, learn from from what you didn't know, and maybe it informs you a little bit differently in your perspective of that particular situation, so you don't make those same kind of mistakes over. Yeah. So I mean, I think it is. I'll say it is almost admirable that those mainstream sources are starting to have more uncomfortable conversations where where they are they're actually talking about things that aren't so clear you know so but they've shot themselves in the foot with how they've reacted to other people's takes so i wish i would really love for it to become more normal to have uncomfortable conversations. I, I just, I think ultimately as a culture, our whole culture has become way too sensitive where you can't have any uncomfortable conversation where you can go between both sides and really have them contend with each other. It's If there's an uncomfortable conversation, there's an obvious right in a obvious, you know, loser. And I just, I, I wish they could get back to contending. I think, I feel like we're kind of turning a corner. I'm hopeful that we're turning a corner. Um, I think there's enough voices now that it's getting harder to make people feel like there's not a large group of people that feel a certain way. I feel like the mainstream media has tried to make it seem for a while that there weren't as many people that felt the way they did. And you tried to marginalize that group and make them seem like they're that, not that big of a, of a group. But there's enough alternative media out there that's getting the conversation out there. So the other side has to rebut that. Yeah. They have to be able to talk. And the alternative media is starting to take the mainstream <laughs> numbers. I think, I think that's ultimately what will do it is, you know, the viewership for – CNN, MSNBC is definitely going down now that their favorite character is out of the public arena to a certain extent. But I think Joe Rogan's a perfect example of that's where the eyeballs are. That's where the ad revenues are going. And if you can't get eyeballs because you aren't talking about interesting things and you're not willing to challenge people's ideas or their preconceptions, then I think alternative media will win because that's ultimately what Joe Rogan does is he goes op- goes in open-minded. He challenges his own preconceptions by bringing people from all different walks of life on and they just figure it out as they go. Yeah, I think you, he's shown that there's a desire for just genuine conversation, genuine information so that people can make up their own minds. I think people are sick of being led around like they don't know how to think for themselves. Just give us all the information and let us make up our own minds. And clearly that's not what they've been allowing us to do. They want to push a particular narrative. And so we only get bits and pieces of a particular story that's only going to, like, everybody's going to say, <coughs> excuse me, there's, there's, if you watch certain news sources, you're going to say, well, this all sounds reasonable. That's that's all the way to, to one side with Fox News and the other side, or even worse, to the Newsmaxes and, and OANs or to MSNBC and CNN. They're painting pictures. They're only talking about particular things on the show that are mostly correct. A lot of the things that's on MSNBC, it's correct, but you're omitting so many parts of the story. You're only talking about certain things. 
Same with Fox. They're only they're putting all their focus on a couple things and not talking about the other. And I think most people just want, can we find some way to come back to the middle and say, here's all the things going on. Here are both sides of what people are saying and actually being able to get to a point that says what's really going on and let people make up their own mind about it. Yeah. Well, I guess that takes us into our next topic of it's a big week for the gang over at CNN this past week, Terry. Um, a little bit of a shakeup, you know, from the top of the hierarchy as Jeff Zucker resigns. He resigned, right? He wasn't he, he wasn't fired. He he was he was fired, but he resigned. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it's all just new. There's a change of the guard over there, and I think it's clearly anybody that's seen the morning show. I do think it's exactly the morning show. What's going on here? They can you explain it? Just that there's no secret to what was going on there. Everybody at CNN knew what was going with on the there. sexual relationship with, with the relationship. So you know, people knew it. Why now? And again, it's it's coming out now because they wanted a change. There needed to be a change. I do think so. You think it's because of their viewership <coughs> numbers or I think that's a big part of it. I think they would have rather it happened at a different time. I do believe in some of these stories that are coming out that, that Cuomo and others were kind of pressing or releasing or getting ready to leak information. I think that's where it came from was actually Cuomo attorneys that released that information. But I do think all of it's kind of happening because they they know they need to make a change. I mean, their their ratings have been terrible, and they went so heavy, so hard, and they they've lost their credibility with most even their core audience doesn't really trust what they're putting out there and why. So I mean, I think they knew they had to make a change. Do you think it's their core audience doesn't trust what they're putting out, or their core audience doesn't have a reason to care anymore? Because I, I feel. Their audience was scared into such a such a stupor for so long. You know, they got what they wanted. They got their president. You know, so they can't sell fear like they were. No, but it's when you keep telling your audience over and over again that they're going to get Trump this time. He's this this one. They're going to bring him down. You know, he was colluding with Russia, and we know it, and we have all the goods, and it's going to come out, and then it never comes out. I mean, you can only do that so many times. No, they did take him down. Uh, Well, yes, but not in a legal sense. They're still working on it. Legally, they got him out of office. (laughs) They they contributed to that. Yeah, but that's not what... I mean, yes. they're, they're trying to make sure that he goes to jail and can never run for office again. That's the that's the real objective. Um, I think it's still and, and it happens on the right too. It's it, Sean Hannity and others. Now, I I have a tendency to believe because there's more evidence one way that actually suggests that some of the wrongdoing and some of the stuff that was was done during the spying and campaigns and stuff like that. You know, you can make that same argument. Somebody would say. Well, that's just, you know, conspiracies and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's the same thing the other way. Anybody that's on, that watches CNN and MSNBC is going to say, well, Trump clearly did all these things. And there's all this evidence. They just, they just aren't prosecuting him for whatever reason. You can have that because either way, nothing's coming of any of it. So on both sides, you keep selling this. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then nothing happens. How long can you drag it out before people are saying, yeah, I'm just done. Yeah. I'm, I'm done for now. You know, you're going to have dips in this until we get closer to an election season. You know, everybody's ratings will come back up, but, but for CNN's ratings, they, they've just tanked. There's, they aren't, they don't have any major ratings for any one of their primetime shows. So it's just time to like change. Chris Cuomo was their highest viewed anchor, right? I think so, but I don't know. I don't, uh, don't pay attention to the ratings, and I don't watch CNN all that often. I do. Really? From time to time, I will check out some clips. <laughs> when you're in an airport? Um, yeah. Which you haven't been to one of those in a long not time. <laughs> not a lot of places I can travel these yeah. days. Yeah. All right. So I think that does does enough for that topic. I'm sure we'll see more. 
in the coming uh, weeks, or at least the coming week, um, see how CNN's doing. So um, the last thing I have is I want to check in on the Canadian truck convoy. You know, it is interesting to see how, how that played out this week. We talked about it last week, but throughout the recent week, you know, you start to see this convoy really push the Canadian government um, from what I saw, different provincial premiers were coming out making statements. While oddly enough, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, was nowhere to be seen. I uh, got COVID again. He's got a quarantine. So Is that yeah. for real the story? Yeah, he has COVID. Oh my God. Yep, he has COVID, so he had to quarantine. He is. Uh, How convenient is that? Stand boosted, but that's just you know what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, it, there's definitely some movement there. I, the only the, the things that I saw this week, I, it does seem like they're making some 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 actual progress up there. You had a lot of support. Sounded like from from even the police, there was issues like they were trying to get the police to get involved, and there's from there's lots of reports. There was a lot of wink, wink, nod, nods that the police were actually pretty supportive of what they were doing. Um, you know. I think there's different far, towing companies got involved towing company like it's 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 really kind of cool what's going up on yeah. up there it was very discouraging to hear Trudeau and several of these others you know try to paint you know them as racists and neo-nazis you know I, I did hear that when is that times. line going to wear out when are when is it not gonna work at all anymore I mean I think that that it used to be up until the past few years, you would just call someone racist. That was always, if you just said racist, racist, then it ends the debate. And I feel like the racist comments gotten watered down. So now they have to go to an even more hateful type of a thing, like, like call them Nazis. And that's more, that's worse than just being a racist. That's like the, the king of racists. So they, you know, I've heard a couple different, um, People address that, and, and one of them was one of the, the spokesmen for for the truckers group. Um, and the way they described it is is it was one of two things because they they know they're not that type of group, and they know there's not a lot of people in their group that, that believe that these it's these either, people don't want to be there. Yeah, they want to work. It's, it's either bad actors that are there to try to to make them look bad, or there were Nazi flags in some of these cases basically used as not that they are for Nazism, demonstrating that what is being done is like Nazism. Mm -hmm. And so either way, not a good idea to be walking around with uh, swastika flags because it's just going to make you a target to, to, for them to point that out and say that. I wouldn't be carrying Nazi flags around. It's just not... It's not necessary. You could, I think, you can make a point in, in other ways, um, but it doesn't sound like it worked in general. I think most people know there's enough news coverage out there that's honest news coverage out there that's showing inside of what's going on up there and actually the good that's being done up there. Um, I think it's just good people that are trying to say this is just not right. Mandates are not right, and I think enough people are finally kind of starting to say. And you, would, this is kind of the. The topic we always go to that's nobody on either side should be for, for censorship. Nobody should be saying people shouldn't be allowed to talk. You know, you can disagree and think that everything we're saying is stupid. That's fine. But the whole point of free speech is if we want to be a couple of morons that don't know what we're talking, we should be able to be a couple of morons if we want to. Make a podcast no one listens to and go for it. But we... We don't seem to have everybody in agreement on some of those most basic things now. You know, I, I don't understand anybody saying that, or I just, I don't understand the argument. I can understand why you want to be vaccinated. I can understand why you may think that you want to have your kids vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But I cannot understand why anyone would want to make sure that others are vaccinated knowing that these vaccines are not stopping you from getting it, and it's not stopping you from spreading it. If it lessens your risk personally to become really sick, great, get it. 
you know, anybody plus 50 probably should get it. You're better off than not. It's an extra protection for you. But to start acting like the, the great news of the week that six-month-old to five-year-olds can get the shot now, you know, if, if you feel confident as a parent that you are okay with taking the risk of side effects for a drug that does not have long-term side effect information and giving it to your child of that age that has nearly no risk of COVID infection serious disease, that's your choice as a parent. But nobody should be pushing that on me as mm-hmm. a parent. And that's where my line is. And I know that's where a lot of people's line is. It says, I am a, I am a God first, don't tread on me second. And if everybody just said, live your life, do what you want to do, do what you think is best for your family, and treat others as you want to be treated, we'd be in a lot better place. But that's not where we're at right now. I don't know, Terry. That sounds like it took a lot of a lot of quotes from an old book we call the Bible. That's not very popular anymore. Oh, it's more popular than they let you think. Oh, I believe you, and, and I agree with you. That is very true. I do but, see a lot of trends. There's a lot of trends that, that make me... There's a lot of things that are discouraging out there, but I do think there's a lot there's of There's a lot of optimistic. And I think there's more people that are finally starting to wake up. And, I was very happy to see Shaq coming out and speaking up you know I've, I've always liked Shaq I've always thought he's really funny you know I, I he's really entertaining to listen to but he's smart you know he, he's he's got a lot of businesses he, he's an educated man I, I'm pretty sure he went back and got his doctorate from LSU so he's he's very intelligent in that way but I never thought of him speaking out like that. You know, that's something like Charles Barkley always would do. Yeah. You know, so it was it, still a reserved take. It, it is very reserved, but like he's just saying, he's not saying don't get vaccinated. Yeah. He said it multiple times. Anybody should get vaccinated if you want. I, I I firmly believe that the vaccine for a lot of people is is a better benefit than there are risks. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean everybody. Yeah. And if, if, if anybody at this point, they've made their decision. If they don't want the vaccine, they're not going to get the vaccine. So anybody continuing to push the vaccine or trying to coerce or trying to, because it's not incentivizing anymore. They've gone away from incentivizing a long time ago. Now it's punitive. Everything is punitive. So it's either do what we say or we're going to make your life hell. And that's not right. That's not the way it should be done. And, and that's all Shaq's saying. When, when somebody's saying, well, it's not a mandate. No, it's a mandate. If you're telling me I can't work anymore, if I don't do what you tell me, and I can't put food on my family's table, if I don't do what you tell me, that's force. And that's all he's saying. That's <laughs> yeah. literally what he said. And yeah. That's force. And so, you know, I think more people are wise enough. Hopefully others continue to see that. And hopefully we get back to a point that people just say, I do think... Uh, uh, there are a lot more people saying we just got to move on from this. It's going to be around forever. We got to learn to deal with it, which is something that a lot of people were saying a year ago, but it's time. We've done too much damage to our kids. We've done too much damage to our economy and we need to pull out of it now and try to get things back to normal. Because if we don't, not this new normal, not everybody saying, well, we live in this new normal. No, we need to get back to normal, normal. Yeah. And it's time. Yeah. People are fed up with it. No, I, I know what normal is for me. I'm not going to let someone else tell me what normal is. I'm going to determine that for myself. Yep. So, all right, I'd say that's a good place to cut it off. Um, in conclusion, I, I, I am encouraged. I think, you know, there's a lot to be optimistic about. You know, ultimately, I think the Johns Hopkins study is good, you know, because it's true. And, the more truth that we can put out in the in the public square and talk about is good. You know, the Olympics, not a huge fan of how it's trended, but I guess it's just starting now, so we'll see, you know. It's driving more conversation. Yeah, and even Whoopi Goldberg, I think that's a net positive also because it's starting another big conversation, and, you know, so I guess we'll see where that is, but I think it's positive. 
obviously, from my perspective, Jeff Zucker getting the boot. <laughs> Anything negative yeah. is yeah. positive for everybody else. Yeah, good riddance, uh, Jeff. And then, you know, I, I obviously love what the Canadian truck drivers are doing. So um, I want to give any support I can to them. and uh, Canadian ones, and hopefully we get the American ones getting on board here soon yeah. because I think they have a lot more power. And, and there's a lot of them that have been on this for a long time, especially the mandates. I know it because I hear them on lots of lots of shows i know because i interact with them i they hold a lot more power than people know oh yeah yeah and my old job truck drivers they definitely can help you out or they can ruin your day so leverage in the world is on the transportation yeah. barriers right and, and, and good on them that they had the realization of the power they really have and they figure out a pretty clean, concise way to make that felt yeah. and to leverage it. So the, the bad news is, and this can be a topic for for the coming weeks, is there's a lot of a lot of power in the uh, longshoremen, and that's coming up. This there, we're gonna have a lot of conversation about what's happening on the West Coast uh, labor negotiations that comes up this summer. That's gonna be a big big topic. Well, that sounds like a hell lot of fun. I guess you'll have to check in next week or the week after for that. We'll, we'll say next week, but we'll wrap it up here and we will see you next week. Have a good night.